you're listening to this, you're a mortgage professional who's probably wanting to scale your business. After 12 years of being in the trenches as a mortgage pro and nearly 180 interviews with top performing loan officers and mortgage brokers, I've distilled the best ideas, strategies, and tactics into an eight-week program called the $25 million blueprint. If you're wanting to take your business from 10 million a year to 20, or if you want to go from 25 to 50, this is the program that will help you scale. Step by step, we're going to show you exactly what the pros have done so that you can get there too. Go to mortgageblueprint.io to find out more. That's mortgageblueprint.io. I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 72. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Sean Binkley. He's been a broker for 15 years, been in the business for 25. Sean and I had an awesome conversation off air, and I'm totally pumped for this interview. Sean, are you ready to rock? Absolutely. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your business? Uh, well, I've been a mortgage broker for 15 years now. Prior to that, I was 10 years in the finance business. Um, so basically, I was a professional loan shark with uh, with Avco, if anybody's old enough to remember them. I used to change locks on houses, did repos. But seriously, though, it gave me a, um, a good base of lending and collection knowledge. Um, and at the end of the day, once you can sell loans at 30%, you can certainly sell them at 3% or 2% today. Yeah, it makes it much easier, doesn't it, than, than selling a 30% uh, yeah, loan sure. rate? Gonna... For sure. Um, so it helped me with my B business, helped me with the fundamentals of um, of really seeing the process from start to finish, from selling the loan, from underwriting the loan, from uh, collecting the loan, and the profitability of it. So how did you, no one as a little kid in kindergarten says, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So, and you were in this sort of collections, the high interest business, what made you transition into the broker business? Um, well, I was forced to as part of a mass layoff. Avco was bought out by City Financial, and um, I was part of the audit team at that time, and uh, and part of a mass layoff. I never thought it would happen to me. You know, I was a hard worker. I was one of the guys who would work uh, work till midnight on things, and um, it was really hard to take. But there was a there was a fellow that used to work in the finance business. There was a mortgage broker in town, and um, and he convinced me to uh, come on with them. Um, uh, it scared me. Uh, you know, I'd been in the bonus world before, but never full commission. It was probably the worst time in my life and, and my family's life that I could do it. My wife was just going off on maternity leave with, with our second child. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Um, there was a lot of hamburger helper in those days. Right. And so you, you went from this sort of salaried position with bonus structure to straight commission, which is always a freaky for most people, you know, they make that. But so obviously you, you've found a way to, to make it successful. You've been doing it for 15 years. I always like to ask about quotes because I find for me, quotes are something that are portable, they're memorable, and you can use them again and again to kind of help you stay focused. So can you share a quote that's really had an impact on your life or business? Yeah, I'd say that there's two really, and it, and funny enough, it came from the finance business. One of my managers um, from years ago. One of the things he always said was, "A good month does not a year make." That's really good. Uh, <laughs> and and the other was measure the activities and the results will take care of themselves. Okay, I, I don't know which one I want to. Okay, tell me about the. It says measure the activities and the results take care of themselves. So what activities are you measuring in your business to uh, ensure you're getting the results you want? Uh, the, the biggest thing is where's my business coming from and where do I have to go out and get some more from that? Um, we've got lots of tools in front of us and even specifically on Phylogics that I find another bro- other brokers don't use specifically, like knowing, um, putting putting in with the participant screen where, where that business came from um, and then measuring it on a regular basis. Now, that may be the results part of it, but also it'll help you to drive your activities that, you know, maybe I have to have a conversation with, with John, the realtor, because he hasn't sent me into business in a while. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and he may want to have that same conversation with me because not enough is going back out to him. Um, but another part of measuring the activities is making sure that I schedule time and time block for business development, whether it's calling my deals that closed last week to make sure everything went well, whether it's calling my renewals to, uh, you know, make sure that I'm marketing my renewals, uh, whether it's calling the people from a year ago that I did the business with, um, that's all time blocked. And it may not necessarily be me doing it because I have an assistant and a marketing person to do it as well. Mm -hmm. But I learned something a long time ago with um, a guy named Rick Ruby, who's a mortgage coach in the U.S. Guy's a machine. (laughs) The guy's amazing. And he said, someone should be talking to your client from your office. Someone from your office should be talking to your client at least yearly. Mm-hmm. Somebody. So it doesn't necessarily have to be me, but somebody has to do that. So anyway, measuring the res- measuring the activities is what am I doing this week to get some business? Right. That's the biggest thing. So what? just out of curiosity, what has been, so in the recent last few months, what has been the most successful thing for you for generating business? Which activity, um, which activity, I guess is what I'm saying, was has been yeah, the most successful? I feel like anything else is picking up the phone and asking for business, mm-hmm. is just consistently following through with clients, but also with referral sources. I've had a bit of a shift in my business lately and, and focusing on my own business rather than team growth, but is actually saying to, whether it's a realtor, financial planner, any other referral source is saying, hey, let's grab a coffee and I really want to talk to you about how we're going to do business together. Mm-hmm. So in those meetings that you have, I, I'm, I, I'm kind of camping out here because this is interesting to me. But so in those meetings, you get that meeting with the realtor, what kind of things, are, what sort of process do you use to sort of re, obviously it's somebody that maybe you know already, but how do you encourage them to to remember to send you business? Well, you know, I think the main thing is just coming right out with this. I think a lot of people I've found over the years have have issues with asking for the business. They First, they have the issue with, with asking for the coffee meeting with that realtor. And then once they have that meeting, they talk about everything but getting business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's worked is just being honest with people and saying, look, you know, I've been in the business for a while. So have you. Um, I can talk to you all day long about how my service level is, is great. You've already experienced my service level and hopefully that's been good and how I'm getting back to you right away with clients and do they qualify or not. I can't promise you how much business I can send back. And I made that mistake at the beginning of saying to realtors, will you send me some, I'll send you some. And, and nobody seems to take that first step. Mm-hmm. But um, I've found that my best relationships with realtors are the ones that understand that they may never get a deal from me, but what they'll get is a quick answer. Right. And a quick no is really valuable. So if they're dealing with somebody that either it's another broker or a bank has been hanging on to for three weeks, and I can look at it in two minutes and say, this deal is not going to happen. Now, I'll work with your client to say, this is what you got to do, put a plan together, and they're going to go back to you and they're going to be happy with that. But you don't waste your time. That's worth a lot of money to a realtor. Oh, totally. Totally agree. That's great. That's really good. I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I can't do it on this. So now, the other thing I've noticed talking to successful brokers, entrepreneurs, is that failure happens, it's never fatal. And there's always a lesson in it looking back. So can you share something that you had failed at, but now looking back, there was a lesson in it for you? Uh, I could share about a hundred things if you've got all day, but um, I would say one of the biggest things is hanging onto a deal for too long or trying to handle a commercial deal myself. Mm-hmm. Um, now I try and get it done quickly and go on to the next deal or pass it off to a commercial specialist. So whatever network you're with, uh, there's always a commercial specialist available or get to know one. Do not try and put yourself there out there as a specialist in everything. I mean, I can't stand some of these ads that uh, that mortgage brokers put out that say, oh, and I specialize in, and then they list first-time buyers, it's, rental property It's 20 owners, things on the list. I totally yeah, agree. It's like... Zero downs, multi-residential, and I'll change your oil for free at the same time. Right. So, <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't do it all. No, no. And I found that, you know, I'd be disappointing and upsetting clients by telling them that I'm going to give this a go. And it would have been the wonkiest commercial deal going. And I should have just partnered with somebody else, let them handle it. If it gets done, that's great. I get paid a quarter of a point or whatever the referral fee is at the end, um, rather than keeping the client waiting. Right. Totally agree. It's better to have a specialist specialized in, and uh, that's that's good advice. So I, I've also noticed talking to successful brokers that they have systems and processes, and it sounds like you certainly do, but they're also willing to tweak and adjust them to get better results. So can you share an administrative process? Because you said you have like a team or you have some assistance. Can you share an administrative process that you've that wasn't working that you made an adjustment to and what the adjustment was in the outcome? I think just the client experience overall is um, we've got a nice office. When a client comes in, we know that they're greeted right away, whether it's um, my assistant at the front that does that or any of us will greet each other's clients. We make people feel comfortable. Um, If the kids want to watch some cartoons while they're out there, that's fine. We've got a little treasure box for the kids when they leave, uh, which helps them not to yell and scream when the parents are signing up the mortgage as well. Um, I think it's just, and people can feel that the environment is, is healthy and that people like working here. So I think at the beginning, it was just too, it felt automated with people or mm-hmm. uh, people may not have been greeted right away. Or, you know, you think of any type of process, whether it's, you know, McDonald's or any other restaurant, um, there's that, there's a system even just for greeting a client and making them feel welcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's worked really well. Even something as simple as, you know, clients used to come in, I'd have their documents, and then on the way out, um, my assistant or myself would be photocopying documents. Uh, it's something as simple as now when somebody comes in and the client's, you know, five minutes early, then my assistant's grabbing the ID and documents from them at the time. Mm-hmm. So that we're not taking more time with them later on. Right. It sounds really simple, but really important. People's time is valuable. And I think at the beginning, I might have been considering my time more valuable than my clients. Right. You know, I think I, back to the whole process thing, I'm, I'm obsessed with process and changing the order of things can make a difference. You remember, I remember when the first ATM machines came out and I don't know if it was RBC that had them, but they used to give you the cash and then give you your card. And so many people would leave their card in the machine yeah. that they have to go back into the bank and get there. And so in the mortgage business, it's the same way that we have to look at our process and go, okay, where is the process broken so that I can improve it for the customer and for me and the whole experience is better and not let them not don't let them leave their card in the machine. Give them the card first before you give them the cash, so that you don't they don't have to worry about that. Because I get like it used to happen all. The, I used to do it. I was terrible, you know. But anyway, I was I've been thinking about that when I went to an ATM recently, and I don't I don't know of any that won't give you the card first because they finally figured out yes, the order of the of the way things work makes a difference in the user experience. Isn't that amazing? One little shift, yeah. mm-hmm. one little adjustment, and so that's kind of what I like to talk about in these things. So then on the on the flip side, so that's on the the administrative side, but on the sales and marketing side, so. Can you share something on the sales and marketing process or system that maybe wasn't working as well as you'd like and an adjustment that you made? That wasn't working as well? Yeah, that's something that maybe on a because sometimes I I found that stuff that you know it, it, this business is not static. It's like what worked two years ago doesn't work today, and so you always have to be willing to adapt and and improve. Yeah, so I I think over the years learning to say no, learning to say no specifically to advertising sales, mm-hmm. uh, salespeople. Now, I've had a lot of success with radio in a certain campaign that I ran a few years back, and even that's had a lot of good shelf life. But um, I was saying yes to anything. I'd go in the real estate book, in the local uh, homes magazine, in the newspaper, um, bench signs. And I still have a couple of bench signs, but it, it was tweaking that over the years and really looking at uh, what this is costing me. I mean, you can spend $1,000 on an ad in the newspaper mm-hmm. or... 
don't you take that grand and take 10 people out for lunch? Well, I guess that's even a nice lunch. 20 people out for lunch yeah. over the next six months. And that's money well spent. So I would consider it for me, and it's not a slight on anybody else, but the lazy man's way of getting business is writing a check, paying for the ad, and hoping that business comes in. Uh-huh. And sure, it might take a little bit of work to do the ad, but once you've done it, you just send it out and here's the ad guys and run it. But um, that, uh, I've been learning to say no. And very quickly to um, really having a marketing budget and having a marketing plan mm-hmm. um, and being able to say, you know what, it's just not part of my plan, but I wish you the best. Right. That's good. Yeah. And investing in your database is always about is valuable and to, to my way of thinking as well. I mean, pays the best return. Yeah. When you talk about uh, database, the um, probably the best thing I would say that I've done over the years is stick with a client management system. When I was at Mortgage Intelligence years ago, I ended up signing up on my own with uh, with Nova, which was the um, which is now Nexa uh, mm-hmm. or with Dominion Lending. It's provided uh, as part of a package called Client Manager. So uh, I'll interchange the words all the time, but it's still the same system. So whether you have that or I know there's other ones out there, but have a system, stick with it, learn it, uh, make sure it's simple, but a splice, you can, once you're able to slice and dice your data and you're only going to use about 20% of the features on it, but mm-hmm. um, that has been um, part of our biggest success, I think, is being consistent in calling renewals that are coming up within the next, uh, even within the next year, because you know that the banks and the mono lines are getting to them six months ahead of time and doing early renewals is get to them first. Mm-hmm. Um, those and realizing how valuable a client is that you already have on the books versus somebody that that might just be coming in fresh off the street. So those consistent processes have really paid off. That probably generate you know three to five deals a month just from calling people. We know that their mortgage is coming up for renewal. We know that maybe a year ago we did a B deal with them and now we should reevaluate things. Uh, we know that um, you know we can bring up any of our variable rate clients and talk to them about what's happening. Should they lock in or not? So. Uh, uh, having a a system like that with with Nexa through in contact has been incredible. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I'm 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 with you there. The other thing I've been hearing a recurring theme talking to mortgage brokers is this need to diversify income. So there seems to be two camps that formed. One camp says yes, you should be trying to get share of wallet. You know, have other products and services or ancillary products and services. Another camp says no, stick to mortgage brokering. I just want to know where you fell, and then if you are diversifying, what area are you doing? Yeah, I probably thought at the beginning I should diversify too much. Again, mm-hmm. when I talked about the uh, the commercial deals, not handling it myself. Um, I've been a support of MPP in the past, um, and that's worked well. And the only reason really is that it was easy for the client. It was a better version than um, than having a bank credit or insurance, uh, not as good as a life product itself. But I found that when I, I was referring out to life agents, but I wasn't getting as much business back or they couldn't close it. And the clients were saying to me, well, can you just take care of this? And of course, I wasn't life licensed. So last year, I ended up getting my life license. And it's been, again, one of the best things that we've done. Um, it's not, I was worried about it um, diluting things too much, that I'd be an expert in too many areas. And I'm not an expert in insurance. Mm-hmm. But for us and what the client needs right away, typically is a term policy. Typically, the needs analysis is fairly simple to do. And um, so that's been great. It's been a great addition to the business. People love it because I'm not referring them off to somebody else. Mm -hmm. It takes an extra three to five minutes with the client because I have their information already. Um, So yes, I am a big believer in that, but not to get, you know, we don't want to, as I said before, we don't want to be offering free oil changes as well or or Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think in the finance business, we gave out, uh, you know, auto uh, insurance packages uh, as well. I think you can take it too far, but if it's an enhancement and it doesn't take much time and it's value add for the client, then um, yeah, we're reaping the rewards of that. That's been. What do you think percent wise is that sort of adding to your bottom line, having that uh, life license? Just an estimate. Oh, I don't expect you like twenty five percent. Right. So it's like over. doing it's like doing an extra twenty five percent more deals essentially. Yeah. And listen, when I run into somebody and they say they're dealing with a life agent or planner right now, I should go back to them and tell them I told you that. Right. Or I'll contact the life planner and I'll say, Hey, I don't know if you know or not, but I have my life license. You're better at this than me. I sent the client back to you, give them a call, and they like that. They right. appreciate it. That's good. So and I'm I- getting business from life planners life and wealth planners that know that I have a life license, that know that I do a deal well, and that I won't try and scoop the life business because again, that's their specialty, not mine. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. So I'm going to move to the rapid fire questions. These you can answer yep. with shorter answers if you like. What's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Not picking up the phone and asking for business. I love that answer. Well, one thing or habit you think's made you successful? Picking up the phone and asking for business. <laughs> if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Uh, one book. Um, I like Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Classic. And where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? I think, um, I don't know how the licensing works in other provinces, but I think that there'll be another exit of, of um, mortgage brokers when licensing renews in the spring of next year of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have far too many people working part-time in the business. And the reality is that it's getting harder to get a deal done. Uh, even A deals that were no-brainers two years ago are almost like B deals today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to earn our money today. And I think rightfully so. Uh, so I think the opportunity is knowing how to get a deal done uh, that others can't, how to uh, how to massage a deal, how to um, uh, working well with your lender partners uh, and, you know, and, and not necessarily knowing how to do B business, although I think it's very important to know that. Mm-hmm. But thinking now that that A business or what would have been A business three years ago is now really B plus. Right. What is incidentally, what's your split of like A to B? What would you guess? I'm about 50-50. Okay. So this is one of my favorite questions. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Yep. So remember the DeLorean, you get this car and you can travel in time. So if I could put you in the DeLorean, send you back uh, 15 years to your first day uh, as a mortgage broker, and you could sit down with yourself to give yourself three pieces of advice to have a bigger, better business, what three things would you say to yourself? Mm. Um, Don't let your ego get in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably didn't listen to that in the first few years. Um, Really getting over myself that um, this this industry um, can, and sales in general, can really... um, really eat you up as far as um, as far as ego is concerned and just realizing that we're all just people trying to make a buck mm-hmm. um, so that would be one for sure um, I think get out right away um, join the Chamber of Commerce go to the free networking events ask for business um, set up meetings to introduce yourself uh, that would have been uh, one for sure and the other one that we talked about before is uh, if you've got a deal on your desk and and you know that it's it's difficult just get some help on it mm-hmm. or let it go right that's good that's really good advice and uh so i really appreciate your time today sean where can people find you online i'm at uh, so on facebook uh you can look for uh, your home team uh, Sean Binkley or facebook.com slash 531 home. And my site is apply for a mortgage.ca. And are you guys hiring at all? Not at all. Okay. Awesome. Well, anybody listening to this can get show notes, links to Sean and um, on at ilovemortgagebroking.com. Sean, I hope you have an awesome year, man, and continue to crush it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate what you're doing. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. 
Hey Broker Nation, Scott Beckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step -step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.